welcome to day 93 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Kitty Kresge, Matt Kresge, and David Keefe as we continue through uh, the drama of Scripture. And uh, it'd be hard to be more dramatic at this point in Scripture. God has rescued a people from Israel. He's brought them to the base of Mount Sinai. He has formed a covenant with them. He has had them build a tabernacle as a symbol of his presence in the middle of them and much more than a symbol the very visible presence of the lord is with them he has guided every step that they've taken and he led them to the edge of the promised land and then rather than looking to him they they looked at the obstacles and they melted in fear and uh, so moses in deuteronomy is addressing a new generation uh, the older generation has wasted away for 40 years in the wilderness and this new generation is to the edge of receiving god's promises again and moses preparing them to walk in the goodness of the provision of the lord and something that will be deeply important is they recognize who god is they honor and revere him and they love him with all of their heart so we continue uh, in our journey we go to chapter 10 we'll start in verse 12 uh, but before we read, uh, we always recognize that uh, as we come to the Word, we come into the presence of God, uh, and our hope is to know Him, to love Him, to have our affections stirred toward Him, and to be shaped by His heart and character uh, as as we read and interact with the Word. So, Matt, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Great. Father, we thank You for um, the time to to study your word, to, to reflect on it, to hear your voice to us. And Father, we ask as we um, do this together as your body that you would edify us, that you would grow us, that you would um, transform us through it. Father, help us as we read to, um, to not just observe things, but to, to carefully observe and, and obey. Uh, Father, that we would be um, a people who are shaped by your word. Would you use it at this in this time? Um, to shape us, to, to glorify yourself and transform us. Father, uh, we thank you for the technology that you've given us um, to to do this, and, and we ask that you'd be glorified through it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands? and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. And yet the Lord set his affection on your ancestors and loved them. And he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is a God of God and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves are foreigners in Egypt. Fear the Lord your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is the one you are to praise. He is your God who performed for you those great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your ancestors who went down into Egypt were 70 in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed, and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh and the king of Egypt, and to his whole country. 
what he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, sons of Eleb, the Reubenite, when the earth opened its mouth right in the middle of all of Israel and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belonged to them. But it was your own eyes that saw all these great things the Lord has done. Observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, and so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys and drinks rain from heaven. It is the land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and serve Him with all your heart, soul, and strength, then I will send rain on your land in its seasons, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather your grain, new wine, and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain on the ground, and, yield, and the ground will yield no produce, and you'll perish from the good land the Lord is giving you. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates, so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. If you're careful to observe all of these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, and to hold fast to Him, then the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and He will dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be yours. Your territory will extend from the desert uh, to Lebanon and from the Euphrates River to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you. The Lord your God, as he promised you, will put the terror and fear of you on the whole land, wherever you go. Hmm. Let me just read the next couple of verses, even though it's not included in our reading. (laughs) See, I'm setting before you today verse 26. A blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. The curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn away uh, that I and turn the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have you know both blessing and, and curses, and it's it's kind of interesting that God uh, presents Himself as a God who who offers. Incredible grace, but also offers, you know, a very sure judgment. And, of course, blessing is what we were created for as we begin this story in the garden, you know, to walk in God's blessing, to experience His bounty, to reflect His heart and character, and, of course, to spread the glory of the Lord, you know, throughout the earth as we steward His resources and reflect His heart and character. Uh, curse is... is what we brought in by rebelling against God is His sure judgment. But even in His judgment, you know, we have, 
we have grace as he announced the initial judgment on Adam and on Eve and on the serpent we have in it the promise that uh, one day there would come one you know from the seed of Eve who would eventually uh, strike a, a blow a death blow uh, to the serpent uh, so you have the theme of blessing and cursing going on throughout scripture uh, God's sure blessing for those who walk humbly before him and God's sure judgment for those who oppose him mm. and it's not simply passive it's it's active both his blessing mm. you know is active and, and his his judgment is active mm-hmm. and the importance we see the importance here of talking to your children, talking to the next generation about all of these things because he reminds them that your kids, this next generation, did not experience what you experienced. They haven't seen it with their own eyes. They're having to hear it. They, that, that is the only way that this message will get to the following generations. And so we see just how important it, it is for them. I love how he talks about, like, put it everywhere talk about it wherever you go and it re- I actually was thinking about this this morning as I was brushing Joe's hair I was thinking how can I talk about the Lord right now with her you know in this mundane moment that we have every day um, and so it's it's something that's deeply important mm, how um, about when you were brushing Matt's hair when I was brushing <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> never happened <laughs> yeah okay yeah maybe I should when I cut Matt's hair I need to talk about how God knows every hair on his head. <laughs> even the gray ones and, and, the gray and there's ones. so many so many less than there were last time <laughs> uh, back back to back to our topic uh, you know on, on top of that it, and it's it's easy you know to uh, you know I guess uh, to uh, you know, put up a you know a little plaque. As for me in my house, we'll right. serve the Lord, and put a few you know refrigerator magnets, and uh, yeah, even do some you know chalk art, uh, <laughs> you know, on your sidewalk and things like yeah. that. Uh, what I like about the beauty of of Deuteronomy is how natural it should be a part of your conversation. Yeah. And uh, we there's so many you know so many conversations that we fall naturally into. Sure. Uh, and uh, you know, talking about our Lord, the, the Lord our God, and His abundance and His blessing is is one that sometimes you know feels a little awkward. And of course, what Moses is inviting us to do is, through our experience, to be so overwhelmed by the goodness of His grace that we cannot help. Well, as Peter and John said, we can't help mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to tell about the things that we have seen and heard. That's right. And of course, that's you know, what's happening in this in this passage. Mm-hmm. And that's the the call too, you know, and and where it begins. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees I'm giving you today for your own good. You know, it is when we begin. I mean, we talk about the things that we love, um, and, and Israel. One of the things that I love about this passage is it reminds them, you know, the the Lord. You know, to the Lord our God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, you know, and all the earth, everything in it. And then yet the, the providential care of the Lord extends not just to a people that he has set his special affection on, but even to the land itself that he will be given them. You know, that Israel is to know that the land that they are receiving is not a land that they will take and make their own, but it's a, it's a land that even the Lord himself will care for. You know, so you see a special affection set on the people of God, but also in the land that he's bringing them into. You know, and as they learn to to love him and obey him and circumcise their hearts, you know, there's a motif we haven't even talked about yet. But you're you're watching this unfold. How could they not 
talk about the Lord. No, and it reminds us the overall redemptive purposes of God are not just mm -hmm. to uh, restore His people, but to restore all of creation. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, you know, deeply cares. You know, not simply you know, so His blessing or not simply on His people. His blessing is on the land itself, and it's a spiritual blessing that is very much in union with the faithfulness of the people. You know, the Lord is God. And you're going to see this kind of in the future when we get to the book of Kings. He is going to withdraw the reins for a, a period of time uh, in Israel, you know, as Ahab uh, and Jezebel contend with him and bring in other gods. And you have uh, kind of the encounter with Elijah on Mount you know, Carmel. So you, you're going to see the withdrawal and judgment of God's blessing on both the people and the land as we move, as we move forward. And of course, Matt, you're right. We've missed one of the most important New Testament concepts mm -hmm. you know here it's not uh, uh, not one that's often you know quoted you know in, in the New Testament Paul gets you know very close to it when he talks about the circumcision that we have received mm -hmm. uh, but but hearts that are circumcised mm -hmm. and in, in the same way you know it's easy to uh, you know put a few religious plaques on the wall and never to have a really vibrant conversation about who Jesus is uh, it's it's easy to take on an outward mark when the mark you know that God desires more than anything else and circumcision was a big deal in Israel, but uh, uh, both Moses and uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you know after them, and of course Jesus following them all will say it's not not nearly enough. Yeah. God desires to do a deeper work, not just an outward work, but an inward work, which is a heart that is marked by the presence of God. And I really like how in this passage you see the progression as you're like, kind of looking at verses 14 through 19 is your heart's been circumcised. There's, there's this inward change. And then therefore he's been talking about for the Lord your God. He's the God of God's Lord of Lords, the great, mighty, and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. And then there's this transformation. You know, he defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner residing among you, giving them food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners as well. You know, so it's not just like this transformation doesn't lead to anything, but it leads us to to display the heart of the Father to the world around us. Yeah. And what's his heart? What is exactly they speak of? The fatherless, the widow, the foreigner, those on the outskirts, to love them, to provide for them. And he wants us to do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. um, because they were once... Yeah, because Egypt. we were that as well. And mm -hmm. so his heart is the heart we're to display as well and, yeah. and to take on. And that's part of that circumcised heart. And we ought, to, we ought, to, ought to also notice a subtle thing that Moses has done here in the Shema. Uh, you know, it was, here we Israel, the Lord your God is one. You'll love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Notice how he be kind of fills that out a little bit here you know in verse 13 so if you faithfully obey the commands i'm giving you today to love the lord your god and to to serve him uh, and of course uh word serve is a word that uh fashions in both the old and new testament you know the whole idea of worship the worship is not simply to come before god with you know an emotive heart which is really important uh, but to come before God with a willingness to lay our life before Him and to be His in everything that we do. So to love the Lord your God is not to have strong emotions about God, which you should have. Let me emphasize that again. Uh, but to give yourself completely to the Lord in the service of His His plans and His purposes for your life. Mm. 
So rich text. We told you at the beginning of the week you're going to get a lot of theology here, and there's more than we can cover as, as time runs out. Hey, David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word and how it reveals who you are, um, your heart and your character, and how it invites us in to be your people, to display your heart and your character and your love to the world around us. We know Israel in many ways failed to do that. We in many ways failed to do that as well. And so we thank you so much for your spirit as it comes and it transforms our hearts and our desires and our affections as it does that deep work um, within us. Um, may we be transformed into your people um, to reflect your heart and your desire and um, to walk in obedience to you, to rejoice in thanksgiving for all that you have provided us in Christ Jesus. And so thank you for your word and how from beginning to end it points us to Christ. May we be shaped by it um, for your glory and our joy. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.